Welcome, Matt, to the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Rudy. Of course. I've seen your artwork. I've seen, you know, everyone probably knows you as Cats Will Eat You. And before we get into how you got up, came up with that name, I want to know more about how you found crypto, how you found Bitcoin or Ethereum, and where were you when that, when that happened? Yeah, um, well, it kind of a roundabout way, um, like I think in 2018, Cash App added uh, crypto payments as an option and you could like trade any sort of, like if somebody paid you in cash, you could quickly like trade it right into Bitcoin, like in the app. And I was playing with a band at the time where someone would pay the practice space rent and then we would all pay that person with cash app. And so I, I was like, Oh, this is kind of like a sneaky little way for me to like invest some money into Bitcoin, which I just yeah. been like, I'd been like reading about it a little bit and found it very interesting. But I think, you know, over the course of that first year of using, I think my like small, like little $25 investments all went, all went down. Um, <laughs> you know, over the course of the year. So I didn't really have like a huge interest in it. And I wasn't like doing real crypto at all. You know, it was like a, it was some sort of custodial wallet, I'm sure that mm -hmm. um, Cash App had set up, but it was like a super easy on-ramp for me. So I was kind of like it's just watching that just barely. And then I think at the end of 2018, um, there was a early uh or, or not the earliest but uh earlier marketplace for nfts that launched i don't even know if they called them nfts at the time but makers place mm -hmm. and they reached out and asked me if i wanted to be like a founding artist partner with them and i had just fallen for like like a different scam from the same platform that they Ooh. contacted me through through elo which is like a social media art platform. And so I was like, nope, not going to do it. I just like, I was like straight up, straight up like ignoring it. Lesson. Right? Like I just totally like blew a huge opportunity there because I've like, I like I'd fallen for like a, it was like a spec work scam where you like do mock-ups for somebody and they act like they're going to hire you for more business, but they just take your, it, it's, Kind oh, of, wow. They were kind of popular then. It was like five, six years ago. Anyways, I fell for that. And then immediately I got hit up by this maker's place thing. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. And I just just ignored several emails from them. I went back later and saw them. I was like, no, what was I doing? Why didn't I say yes? But then um, you know, fast forward a couple years into COVID, um, during the lockdown, I was kind of like taking more time to focus on my uh, the sales side of my own art. Um, and I had like built like a, you know, like an online mm -hmm. store and I was just like doing a little bit of research and I came on a few different articles. I think it was on Reddit on just like NFTs. And I was like, oh, this sounds super interesting. I kind of remember this happening, like I, I thought this was a scam a couple of years ago, but then I like looked at the marketplaces and like these things were starting to like get significant um, 
significant bids for people and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's super cool. And then I kind of dove into, uh, and I actually looked at my cash app wallet for the first time in a couple of years. And I was like, oh, that's more money than I remember being in there. That's interesting. Um, And then, uh, yeah, it's so funny how that happened. And then I was like, oh, I should have been investing the whole time, but um, I wasn't. And yeah, and then so I kind of just dove into researching for a couple months, which is kind of another bad move. I should have just dove into like minting and selling right away. Um, But I'm kind of like, I really wanted, so just to like sidetrack a little bit, Katsuichu has been like this lifelong project for me. I'm about to hit uh, 17 years on Monday of posting a a piece of art every single day. Um, And so when I was researching it, um, you know, just reading about like how this gets, you know, the artist gets attached to these images on the blockchain forever. I was kind of like, it started to click for me finally. And I was like, this is how I can totally preserve this legacy, this huge collection that I've been making, you know, my whole life. And then I got, and then I, but then I kind of became super picky, like, cause I wanted it all in one place. You know, I wanted to put it all on one marketplace. So I like, I, and like by the end of 2020, I'd like pinpointed, like, I gotta be on Nifty Gateway or Super Rare. And I sent in my applications there and I didn't, I didn't hear back, um, you know? And so I was just kind of like waiting when I feel like I probably should have just like jumped right into some of the free marketplaces that weren't curated and and started selling stuff then. Yeah. I mean, Um, that's the beauty of blockchain too, is like you can mint it and then still own it like, no matter what platform you use but you kind yeah. of, i didn't know you were doing it every day for 17 ye- or almost 17 years this upcoming monday and yeah. it's uh r- reminds me of jonathan mann song a day man yeah 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 now yeah, in my correct. mind i'm thinking so yeah now in my mind i'm thinking of like a collaboration video of like you posting every single one of your artworks and him singing a song on top of your artwork for every day you've done for all over the years and kind of like a <laughs> mashup um but yeah he's also i got that reminds me of what he's done and i think that's an awesome lead like that's an awesome way to showcase your history and your evolution because there's so much emotion that goes into the artwork so you kind of evolve with you as a person right yeah and then yeah, it's drastically mm-hmm. different from when i began and like the stuff i'm doing now will be different from a couple years from now then and then how was cats will eat you name born oh um so about 20 years ago i would have been in like a a graphic i was in college and i was doing a graphic design course and our instructor like everybody hated this graphic design instructor (laughs) and he lived alone with his cats and then he came to class one day and he was telling us, Oh, I watched this special on uh animal planet about uh, how a house cat like ate its owner because the, the owner oh, died. I think I've and seen no, that. One, no one. Yeah. Like I, in that moment, it was just so funny for him to be telling us that, you know, we <laughs> all knew he lived alone with his cat. And I like 
I fell out of my chair laughing. Like I was, I just couldn't hold it back. And then like, I, I think I bought the URL catsleetyou.com like within an hour. Was- <laughs> uh, that moment, I was like, this is it. This is it. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have it. any plans for it. Like I wasn't sure I was going to do, um, I, w- I wasn't sure I was going to put my artwork there or anything, but then, um, I started using it like as kind of my, you know, my message board name for every platform that I would sign up for. I would use Catalichu, and then um, I start started, uh, you know, building an art website there shortly after. Wow! And have you drawn many cats? I feel a lot of what I've seen not, lately is more, yeah, more like the not trippy, really. Um, yeah. There were, there was like, I did, there is like one, um, I'll send it to you after this. There was like one oil of my early oil paintings was called cats will eat you. And it's like a painting of cats, like eating this guy. And it was like, at the time it was like representative of like a bunch of people in my life. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and I probably had cats in, in a lot of earlier work, but not so much now. I don't we don't have cats in our house. My kids are allergic. So uh, yeah. Well, for this, I guess, origin of you as a creator, as an artist, do you have like family or friends who have kind of shown you the path of this or just kind of like your own, your own path, your own guide? Yeah. Just kind of myself there really. Um, Are you asking like, you know, other, other family that create art or. Yeah. Have you been inspired by any family members or friends who kind of, uh, like showed you how to be an artist or what it looks like to be an artist and kind of inspired you to go down that route or. Yeah, no, we were like my, my parents, um, I grew up in rural Wisconsin and my parents are like super, super practical people, like very much not like i wanted to be an artist as a kid and they were just kind of like how about computers or how about you know like you gotta find a career to get yourself out of here otherwise you know you're stuck and so they were kind of i wouldn't say they were like anti-art but they were like not showing a lot of enthusiasm for my own art i would say um they've kind of come around to appreciate it now but it was always it was like something i i couldn't like I was, I think I had like a cousin that drew well and like there was some kids in the, at school that drew well. And I was just like, that is the coolest (laughs) thing I have to, I have to get good at drawing. And I, right away I was, I was like very prolific as an artist, like even as a kid. Nice. Yeah. It's always interesting hearing the origin of, you know, maybe what like events triggered you to go down this route but it sounds it's very innate in who you are as a person yeah it didn't it didn't even dawn on me until like college that for some people like drawing isn't the coolest thing like it was like (laughs) like, i was like dumbfounded i was like to finally realize that i was like oh everybody doesn't want to be amazing at art like what (laughs) i want to be but it's so hard for me i'm like uh how do i draw a straight line and i just end up drawing (laughs) i don't even know what it's just but I love seeing what you produce and what you create. And I'll definitely love to learn more about your creative process. So every day for almost 17 years now, how do you, like, where does your creativity come from? Um, I, that's a good question. I, 
really, um, and I've definitely refined the process over the years where uh, I would say when I first started, I would kind of stress out like almost the whole day, like, ah, am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to come up with something uh, to make today? I would kind of like try to think on it all day and then sit there at night and I'd be like drawing something, crumple it up, you know, just like, ah, I got to get this done. And I would kind of stress out about it. And then um, now my process is more like, uh, you know, I just pick the medium that I'm going to work with for the evening. And I just start putting stuff down without, yeah. I try to like not think about it and mm -hmm. get, uh, just try to let creative creativity like flow out and flow through me um, without thinking. And then, sort of wait for something to happen. Um, it's gotcha. it's uh, kind of hard to explain, but if you sit down and do the work of just, just start drawing, eventually there's this magical moment where it like clicks in and you like see something or you feel something. And then, and then it's easier to like finish the work um, mm -hmm. from that, that perspective. Um, but there's always that sort of moment of like, you just feel like a total uh, imposter while you're, you know, sloppily <laughs> throwing lines down and stuff. Um, but then it, you can pull out of that and it feels amazing. I feel like I'm a podcaster imposter because I've seen so many amazing <laughs> podcasters. and I'm just like, oh man, how do they do it? And I'm just, I feel like that, but. I guess I understand the imposter syndrome uh, feeling. Yeah. So halfway what is your... through this episode, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm a podcaster. I'm, I'm cool. I can do this. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite medium to draw on? Um, right now, lately, I've been into drawing or I've been into painting simulators in VR mm -hmm. um, where it's, it's very much set up like two dimensional uh, canvases like like you'd have in real life, it's just like your your whole you're immersed in a painting studio where you have infinite supplies, um, and so it's very much rooted in traditional painting, but there's that sort of freedom of digital work where you're not worried about making a mess or the cost of supplies at all. Like it's like I paid yeah, one time expensive. fee for most of these apps and a lot of these apps I got in like uh, sort of day one with. And so I know like I'm on discords with the developers of these apps, which is super amazing. Like I've seen them add features just because I requested them. Oh, wow. And I think that's really exciting to me uh, in just like the new frontier of virtual reality but i also i also love you know drawing on physical paper and i like drawing on my ipad so it's, it's hard to pick um and i like making 3d stuff on desktops um so i kind of if you follow me for a while you'll start to see that i'm bouncing around between a, f a few mediums and i'm also super into augmented reality right now mm -hmm. um sort of you know making an experience that adds a layer onto like a sort of frozen piece of art and then you pull your phone out and you can kind of like interact with it in a different sort of way. I think that's super exciting for me. 
Yeah, I've seen a lot of your artwork shift in different mediums and it's always fun. And I think I like your style of it's like a little trippy. It's just kind of makes you yeah. uh, fall into the screen. That's what I feel like at least when I'm looking at your artwork, <laughs> which is fun. Um nice. but what do you want your I guess viewers to really get out of your artwork? What is the message you're trying to convey? Um, you know, I feel like, especially when I, when I'm able to draw from that sort of area of like pure inspiration and it just like comes out of me and I feel like it, hopefully they can connect. Like for me, I, I'll stand back after it's done and look at a piece and be like, Oh, that's really interesting. And it kind of hits me almost in a way like a, like a tarot card or something where it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of giving me some insight to where I'm at and where I would like to go. And I think it kind of like self-reflection and I've had a lot of people like write to me talking about like synchronistic moments that they've had while looking at my art. And that's, mm -hmm. that's always pretty cool to like have somebody have those same kind of connections with these things because I'm, Honestly, like I'm just improvising on the spot and I don't know what, like I usually don't have a preconceived idea of what I'm going to make and then to, to like throw it out there. And then all of a sudden I have something that's almost giving me a little more insight about myself. And then hopefully when I share it with other people that they can kind of get some insight there too. And then I also, I hope people just like get excited about the the technology I use and just like, just like excited about making art. Um, yeah. And I guess back to the technology standpoint, have you found the blockchain crypto community enabling you to take your art further in a different creative lens? Absolutely. I mean, I think initially like just the financial support um, mm -hmm. that, that you can get, um, for the first time being able to sort of sell digital work was huge for me. I was able to like get myself a new iPad. I was able to get a VR headset, um, stuff that I just couldn't justify before. Like, like, Oh, you know, cause we, we have kids and yeah. life expenses and it's like, Oh, I'm just going to buy these art toys. And so it's been, uh, super rewarding. And I feel like, the community as a whole, the crypto community as a whole is a lot more interested in um, sort of emerging tech and art. So yeah, they've been super supportive of that. And then I'm also, it's also exposed me to a lot more uh, digital focused, emerging tech focused artists, um, which is, you know, that, that I can draw inspiration from. Mm -hmm. And I mean, being in the crypto industry and watching it play out, what is a crypto pet peeve that you have or developed? You know, it's <laughs> it's really hard to to trust people sometimes. Um, and I'm in I'm naturally like pretty pretty gullible. It's really hard to like figure out. It it took me a while to like find my like the group of people that I know and really enjoy. Like I look back kind of at notes I took about um, different people or marketplaces. And I was just like pretty 
blinded at times by yeah. and it was hard it was hard to find the right people and then there's a lot of characters that we know are like just influencers and just just pumping their own bags left and right and there's like they can get called out like a hundred times and they'll still show up the next day and they'll yeah. still have support behind them somehow like there's there's like like I'm not into cancel culture, but I also think some of these people should just like stop. We need to stop. Like we, <laughs> you can't go and like pump your crappy PFP project anymore because like you, you've got a track history here that we can all see. But for some reason, like I think there's just a little bit. It's it's tempting to like interact with these people because there's. Uh, you know financial gains that can happen from it so it's it's hard it's hard for us all to like say like oh we can't have that person around anymore because they might benefit us too so that and yeah. I, would, I would say at, at the core that's probably my pet peeve oh i got i got one more one more pet peeve yes like, please our our attention span is horrible it's so like like there can be an amazing project that like takes off and we're all like, this is so cool. And then like a week later, all the interest, it, you know, if, if people aren't sinking money into it anymore, the, the, the interest is just gone regardless of the tech usually. And that's kind of disappointing. Um, you know, the, my main example of this would be like the async marketplace is probably, they were probably one of the most cutting edge uh, NFT marketplaces with all sorts of like cool dynamic options for creators to make NFTs that were a little deeper than, you know, one JPEG. And like, it was a hard platform for me to get accepted onto. Um, and I made some great sales there and there was lots of huge projects um, that did well there. And then I think, the last two years were just a little rough and they weren't able to like stay in the headline um, outside of newer projects, like newer, fancier things came along or like not even fancier projects, just new, like people Louder. are just excited about what's new. And so they lost kind of that base level support and now they're shutting the doors on the platform. Oh, I didn't. So that, that's always a bummer yeah. when, when you see stuff like that, or you, you see, you see projects that are like genuinely, uh, you know, superior to other projects, but they just don't have that influencer, um, you know, behind them pumping it. So they're, they're just not going to succeed. And that's kind of tough to watch. Yeah, it is tough. And it's tough on many levels because like you said, it's hard to trust people in general and being in crypto since like 2013, like I've seen ICOs and projects and promises and influencers and this and that, and they come and go like nothing and they take their money and they leave and everyone else is just confused on to why yeah. like, you, this is what you promised. And you, you just stopped, stopped trying and stopped delivering. And and if you didn't stop and then people just didn't care anymore because there was no, because a token wasn't pumping or whatever reason, it's just, if I'm not making money, money off of you, then I'm not going to care about you. That's kind of the vibe in crypto sometimes. 
And it's it's horrible to see because that's not the ethos that we want to present. We want to present the technology and the use cases that it can provide to artists and even financial policies or just having that credibility on the blockchain, which is yeah. what we want it for. And yeah, it's sad to see. And um, I'm hoping that changes sooner than later because right now it's all open C, rareable and kind of just PFP projects. And I, and I, and I bought like NFTs and I'm just like, why did I buy this? It's cost me a hundred bucks. And now I'm, that's not worth nothing. And I, not even yep. in any community that serves anything. They're just, that's it. That's, that's all I got was a blockchain transaction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's sad. Um, but yeah, I mean, it goes on. So now that, yeah, you, again, you're in this industry growing and creating art. Have you ever had, um, I guess, any interest in just leaving the crypto space and going back into traditional means of selling art? I never left the traditional um, means of selling art. So I'm still like, I still have like a web two store up where I'm selling like acrylic paintings and um, some other, you know, sort of handmade items. I don't see another way to uh, sort of legitimize uh, digital art sales um, without, without the blockchain. So I, I, Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to stay like it's like it's like I made so many friends like I have so much fun interacting with the community like they're like incredibly smart the jokes are (laughs) top level all the time like um it's so yeah I've I've never I've never considered leaving good good I'm glad you're not because it's a great place to be I mean after all this shit it's still like an awesome place to be yeah, um, it's like of, even yeah. in like a month, like if I have a month where I have like no sales, I guarantee you I still like had a, a total blast just like interactive. Like there's even the scams are like wildly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> even if you're part of it, it's like, well, yeah, you learn something for sure. I mean, I feel like I haven't had one guest on my show that hasn't had their scam story or just loss or just bad investment choices it's part of the learning and you grow from that and we're all still here because we love this industry so how do you working full-time and doing your art and being in crypto having kids a family how do you keep yourself in like a sanity check um you know i think it comes and goes uh sanity (laughs) (laughs) like it I mean, I, I've got a very like segmented, uh, sort of schedule in life right now. Like I help put the kids to sleep at night and I take like an evening nap, like at like nine to 10 PM, I'll like sleep for like an hour. Sometimes I'll sleep for two hours and then I get up and I have like the house to myself. And that's when I like make my art and like interact on crypto Twitter and uh that's sort of how i like balance my own life that'll but i'm excited to see how that changes as my kids get older and they stay up later and like when do i like do i am i still gonna take like a night nap then i don't know (laughs) it's impressive a night nap i would not i go to bed at nine and i'm sleeping i wake up at like (laughs) eight seven or eight 
Yeah, I, I, that stuff. I don't think it's um, super, super normal that pe- like most people, if they take a nap, they're going to wake up at that time. They're just not going to wake up. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it works for me. Um, I think, uh, I think Picasso was actually, uh, he did like biphasic sleep too, where he's took like a late, late night and kind of got up and then went to work in his studio. And then during the day kind of did his schmoozing and visiting with collectors and stuff. And then we'd go home, take like a super late nap. And then, so I sleep, sleep for a couple hours and then maybe get like a, a four hour chunk or five hour chunk later. Are there any artists that you look up to? Is it like Picasso? Picasso? Yeah. I mean, like for like painters, I love like Frida Kahlo. De Kooning was always a big influence for me. And then, you know, I got tons of artists in the digital space that I like. Well, um, there's another uh, traditional artist who's just kind of wacky uh let's paint tv not not involved in the crypto space at all but he will like do a painting like while he's running on a treadmill and like taking like people can call in and like talk to him he's like taking calls and he'll be like mixing drinks at the same time so it's like this whole like marathon of like doing a hundred things at once and and like making like these just trying to make art I don't know what it is about it. It's just super, like every time I watch it, I get like super excited and it, it's, it just fills me with like inspiration. It's more of like a performance art. Yeah. And then there's like a, a sculptor I'm really into, I, Jonathan Popper. Popper, I think it, Poplar? Popper? I'm um, not sure. <laughs> yeah. Just these huge sort of like giant heads and crazy like, uh, larger than life um sculptures that you can like walk around and see um he's got he's in like all sorts of sculpture gardens yeah and then obviously like in the 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 digital space i'm a big fan of like lots of uh glitch artists right now um and like my friend empress trash uh like max capacity a lot um I don't really want to get into listing too many people here yeah, because a... too many I'd lift lift off. But like, uh, yeah, there's just lots of lots of great artists out there right now. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's like yeah, an infinite amount of artists, and the variety of art is also infinite in itself because you can find art in anything, from programming languages to painting and sculptures. So that's a beautiful beautiful thing about it. And as you're like creating your artwork and you're finding your inspiration, um, I usually notice a theme from your artwork recently. Is this something that's, I guess, a newer theme for you? Or like, because usually it's that one person like walking around or that, that figure with like their third eye open. It's what, what is a representation for that person? Um, it's definitely like, that's a self portrait for me. Um, Mm. and, uh, that's a character that's been, um, if you look back on my work, 
it's probably been in there for about 10 years. Like it was just like, maybe it was a time where I started um, thinking about art as more of like a, a spiritual practice or like more of like, I was trying to figure out like, where, where is this stuff coming from? And it, and I started like drawing the circle on their head um, just to like indicate like, where I feel like this, this sensation. And that mm. was before I like, I had no idea of like the third eye in like that spiritual context of it or anything. I just started drawing it. And then, um, you know, people started reaching out like, Oh, what's with this, what's with this third eye. And then yeah. I looked at it and I was like, Oh, Oh my gosh. I was like kind of right on there. And then like, I even read like, a couple of years ago, I discovered that like the first images, like the first artist images of Buddha were like blue. And I was like, well, that that's too weird. Like why I've been drawing this blue guy for how many, how many years now? Like, this is so insane to me. Like, and it, for me, it was just like natural. Um, but then it's also, it also feels like it's leading me kind of leading me along. So I just keep on, uh, going back to it it makes us feel very connected huh like we all represent that universal understanding of like that third eye like this is where we feel these certain creative feelings and inspirations and right we're all human and we all experience it and it's just hard to put a label or understanding to it and that's why i appreciate those eastern philosophies and teachings is because it because it has like thousands of years of how humans interact and are and feel and kind of a real focus on the inner being rather than just external wants and needs. And yeah, yeah. it seems like it came out of you naturally without even yeah, studying sure. it, which is amazing to see. And if you had, I guess, anyone who's watching this and who's, you know, looking into you as an artist, do you have any advice or recommendations to give to people who want to get into art, especially in the crypto space? Um, I would say uh, to focus on what you naturally do. Um, there was, uh, definitely when I finally did make the leap into the space, um, I asked for a lot of advice and it was like, oh, you should uh, post your 3D work or you should, you know, make something related to Dogecoin. And <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, and I feel like those things were like genuinely like bad moves for me. And then uh, finally, like when I just like started putting out like, like my more like abstract, like Picasso-esque like work, people like really started latching on and connecting with it. And ultimately, like if you really want to connect with people that want your work, you need to show them what you naturally do and don't like don't like focus on what's hot for the moment or at least if you're doing that don't put too much time into it and keep working on yourself you know like i also love it when people like go full on into a meme um for a moment um you just like with everybody in miami like i don't know if you saw the stuff about tezpol blowing up there was like these tezos artists uh in miami got represented on this pole that had these digital displays it just looked horrible like it was just like <laughs> so so poorly 
designed by whoever set up the displays and it became like iconic and like then tezos artists started like making their own crazy tez poles and like minting those and selling those and i think that's something that you should do just to like connect with other artists in the community but i don't think you should like change your whole focus of what you want to be making um Mm -hmm. or what you want to what you think will sell because i think ultimately you want to connect with collectors that really like you for what you you do yeah and finding your own voice and own narrative right that's it's been a hard thing for me to do too as as a person who's trying to be more i guess public in crypto uh finding my own voice finding my own narrative trying to speak how i would speak rather than speak on how people would expect me to talk like for sure and and that's that's hard it's hard to do it's hard to I guess, go through that motion, through that phase and through that fear of putting yourself out there because you want to do what you think is best. But what is best is usually just who you are. Now, also, you know, having this group of friends and crypto and like learning about the space and industry, what is your most memorable, wholesome crypto moment that you've experienced? I think the one that is honestly the most wholesome just happened like a month ago. Um, I, and I don't know why I love this so much, but I had, I had, I had like really screwed up. I had, I had three packages leave the house. Like, so some of my NFTs come with a physical gift too. And I had three packages leaving the house in one day and two of them got swapped, like went wrong art sent to the wrong person. Oh man. And I was just like, oh, I, I messed up so bad. Like I, I was so embarrassed. Right. And then I was like, you know, how do you guys, uh, want to handle this? I can cover the shipping costs. Like, can you send them back? You know, but they were just like, uh, very, very cool about it. Very understanding. And they were willing to like, swap each other's addresses and like leave leave me out of the package exchange and like they've kind of started like uh we had like a group text going with the three of us and then we're like kind of just checking in on each other every day for a while like talking about like personal like medical issues and stuff and it was like nothing you know like it became like it became like uh this friendship circle um just off of like my own mistake and they were both like big fans of my work and it was such a it was such a relief to me because that could have been like they could go like public with that on twitter yeah. and be like oh this dumb artist like sent me <laughs> the wrong package you know but like they were very uh understanding and and gracious and they both got the right art eventually and um and then i like you know sent them like a couple like gift nfts just as a thank you it, it's That's just awesome. I, I just thought that was that was super cool. That is, and it's like you just made a friendship between people, and like the universe kind of like collected you all together and said, "Hey, you should all meet together." Through yeah, yeah, Matt's yeah, mistake, were, but it's okay. <laughs> they were <laughs> like, and they were they were two two collectors on the same on the Tezos chain that um, didn't know each other before that moment, and now they do. Wow, um, that's cool. That's awesome. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad it went well and I'm glad it handled very well. I'm glad that you were able to make friends and communities through your art. I mean, that's the whole purpose I think is get 
a group of people to understand each other through art, maybe because it's, it just makes sense to them. They relate to it and yep. you're a source of that. So I'm sure it's very appreciated between them. But is there anything you'd want to you know, share as what's coming up, where people can find you, any good tidbits of information? Um, well, Monday, um, it, depending on when this goes out, but like on, on it, and I'll, I'll still have stuff available, I'm sure, always. But on Monday, the 18th of December, I've got kind of another wholesome story. Um, good. But I've got a drop sure. on uh, an open edition drop on Rarible of like a really like intricate piece I spent a lot of time on. But I had, I had problems like people are kind of going back into uh rareable right now just because there's um they've kind of like updated their policy to like lock down royalties for artists and so i was like oh i'll go i'll go see what they got going on over there again and i couldn't get a collection verified i like gave them proof that i was like the artist of the collection and was, so i just like made kind of a complainy post about it online and they were like, you know, it kind of like blew up, like people were retweeting like, what? You don't know who Cats Will Eat You is? How dare you? Like, what? <laughs> you know, and so like people were kind of like helping me out and then Rarible like turned it around and we're like, oh, you know, this Sorry. is just like a, just an oversight. Um, we'll, we'll get you squared away. And then, and then they reached out to me in DMs and we're like, hey, we kind of want to make it up to you. Do you want to, do you want to do like a OE drop for us? And we'll do like a little spaces talk. So we'll have a little talk on monday we'll do the open edition drop nice. it should it should be pretty affordable i'm hoping to hit like about like a 20 dollar mark for that um you know knock on wood that the gas fees aren't astronomical um but then and then i'll i'll uh i'll have like a giveaway that day also on zero one um and then probably uh, a one of one that I'll launch that day. So there'll be like a few new things coming out that day. And then otherwise, other than that, you just kind of like, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see like everything that I've got, got to offer. Oh, yeah. that, sounds, that sounds awesome. I'm super excited for it. And I hope, yeah, I hope you get sold out. <laughs> if you, yeah. Is it limited? It's a limited um, that, well, no, that one's going to be an open edition, but it will be like, okay. I think it's going to be like 24, 48 hours only. So okay. don't miss out. <laughs> don't miss out. And thank you again, Matt, for being on the show. Um, I love your art. I'm happy to keep seeing what you keep producing. I'm happy to share what you produce. Uh, hopefully I get to collect something. Um, yeah. But thank you again and all the best to you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Rudy. I really appreciate it. It's been nice.